All praises to Allah, and may His peace and blessings be upon His servant and messenger, our Master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My brothers and sisters, my dear brothers and sisters, and honored and noble brothers and sisters in the house of Allah Ta'ala on this most honored and noble of days. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He says in His book, that Allah Ta'ala will make firm those who believe with a firm word in the life of this world and in the hereafter. And the Prophet وسلم, said in a hadith narrated by the uh, Nurayn, uh, Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan uh, that when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, would finish with the burial of uh, a, uh, a deceased person, he would say, Seek forgiveness for your brother and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for make, to make him firm at this time because indeed at this time he is being asked. And the uh, hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa narrated by Al-Bara ibn Azib radiallahu anhuma uh, explains further what the meaning of uh, this dua, uh, this prayer for Allah to make the deceased firm uh, when he's being asked means. He said that the Prophet ﷺ said, the Muslim, when he is asked in his grave, will testify that there is no God except for Allah and that Muhammad ﷺ is his messenger. And this is the meaning of the word of Allah Most High, that Allah will make firm those who believe with a firm word in the life of this world and in the hereafter. The firm word in the life of this world is that a person should repeat La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah that a person should repeat La ilaha illallah again and again. And this is a command of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam who said Jaddidu imanikum bi qawlikum La ilaha illallah Repeat again and again Make new again and again your faith, your iman by repeating the uh, 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 the, the statement of La ilaha illallah that there is no God except for Allah. It's a hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that's well known to the Ummah. Man kana akhiru kalamihi La ilaha illallah dakhla al-jannah. The one who the, their last words is are La ilaha illallah, that one will enter Jannah. Brothers and sisters, there's a link between the qawl al-thabit fil hayat al-dunya wa fil akhirah. There's a link between saying la ilaha illallah in this world and saying la ilaha illallah in the next world. Do you think the person who spends their days talking about cars and about houses and about money and about jobs and about sports teams and about uh, all sorts of things, whether they're halal or haram, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Someone will say, well, watching sports is not haram. It doesn't really matter. Do you think the person who spends their days talking about other than Allah Ta'ala is going to say La ilaha illallah when they die? Do you think the person who spends their days saying four-letter words, talking about their shahawat and their desires, what they want to eat and what they lust after and what they, they desire, that they spend all their time talking about those things that they're going to say La ilaha illallah magically before they die? When a person is dying, that's the time they have the least amount of self-control. That's the time when pretenses drop and the johar, the, 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 the undivided and undiluted uh, essence of what's inside of a person's heart will come up, it will well up. That a person may cheat the creation for all the days of their life and in that moment the reality of that person will come up. At any rate, the, uh, 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 the, the Messenger of Allah said, the Muslim when he's asked inside the grave, 
And he responds by testifying that there's no God except for Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. This is the meaning of the words of Allah Ta'ala that Allah will make firm those who believe with a firm uh, utterance in the life of this world and in the hereafter. This is explained in even greater detail in a hadith narrated by Tirmidhi uh, by Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu who said that the uh, deceased when he is entombed, when he is put in his grave and for the point, uh, for the purposes of these discussions uh, with regards to fiqh, aqidah, hadith, etc. The word grave means something different than what it means lexically. Lexically, a grave is a plot of land in which a person is buried. Obviously, not everybody is buried. Some people are cremated. Some people, their bodies are left to rot. Some people, their bodies are dropped in the sea. Some people, uh, you know, their bodies may be uh, severed and, and put over a, a number of different places. The point of qabr in the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, the grave, is what, where the body finally comes to rest. After whatever is going to happen to it is going to happen to it, whatever state it finally comes to uh, when, it is, uh, uh, when it is finally disposed of, whatever that may be, whether it's burial or anything other than that. That this uh, believer, when they're placed inside of their grave, uh, they will uh, uh, experience two angels coming to them. They will experience two angels coming to them. Uh, and the angels are described as Aswadani Azraqan. They are black, meaning what? Black here is used metaphorically. It's not, a, it's not a discussion with regards to race. Black here is used metaphorically what? That they're going to come in a, uh, in a darkness that will uh, frighten uh, the, 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 the deceased person to the point where whoever that person is, whether they're good, bad, or anything else other than that, they'll know that these two angels, they mean business. They're not here to joke around. Uh, this is a, a very serious matter and it's a frightening matter. Uh, everybody will, in, an, in one of the hadith, it's uh, narrated that the person will like sit up at attention. And obviously the experience of sitting up is not an experience that will. Uh, be seen in this world, but it will be experienced by the deceased in the world of the Barzakh. That that person will sit up at attention because they know that these two angels mean business and this is not a time to mess around. Aswadani Azraqan. And they're described as blue, as having blue eyes. Uh, and they will say, uh, what did you use to say about this man? And they'll be shown uh, 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 the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a way that they will recognize and the way that they'll recognize him. This is one of the reasons why people should sit in the uh, durus of hadith, in the lessons of hadith, uh, so that they can know how to recognize the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. How many sunnahs of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, even of his appearance, people are completely heedless of. That there will be people who will swear up and down that they were born in Islam, but they think turbans is something that only six wear. Or they'll think that uh, uh, the izar is something that only uh, uh, people from, uh, you know, from a certain part of Africa or Southeast Asia wear. Or they'll, uh, you know, they'll look at the red hanna in a person's hair that's uh, there to dye it, and they'll think it looks strange, even though these are the kuhl in the eyes. They'll, even though these are the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. By and large, many people have left these things, abandoned these things. If you're asked, what do you say about this man and you don't even recognize him, how are you going to give the correct answer? So the angels will ask, what do you say about this man? Uh, uh, and then that person who uh, is a believer when he enters his grave, he will say exactly the same thing that he used to say when he was alive. Uh, 
which is that this man is the slave of Allah and his messenger. I bear witness that there is no God except for Allah and that Muhammad is his slave and messenger. And these two angels will then say, Indeed, we knew that this is what you would, that this is what you would say. Uh, and then that person will experience the grave expanding uh, uh, to the point where it is uh, 70 cubits by 70 cubits. And it will be filled with nur, it will be filled with light. Uh, and uh, then uh, it will uh, be uh, said to that uh, deceased person, sleep. And the person will at this point experience such a bliss and such an ecstasy that in his excitement he'll ask for permission. Can I not go back and tell my family? Can I not go back and tell my family, my loved ones, my relatives, the people that I left behind about what Allah has prepared for a, a person who dies on Iman? You know, not everybody goes to Jahannam, even though, again, fanatical preachers like myself have made a career out of scaring the daylights out of people. Not everyone will go to Jahannam. There will be some people who did good in the life of this world, and Allah will reward them with that, and those people <coughs> will be happy with what they have. This is mentioned in the Quran. Allah Ta'ala mentions it again and again. Mustabshirina. That those people will be, uh, they will take glad tidings and they will be people of happiness. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, Ya Lita Qumi Ya Lamuna Bima Ghafarali Rabbi, Wajalani Minal Mukramin, the Sahib Yasin, that he's martyred, he's killed in the worst way possible, he's literally ripped apart for his testimony of La ilaha illallah and supporting the, uh, uh, the, the message of the prophets. Uh, but as soon as the angel of death comes to him, he'll say, Ya Lita Qumi Ya Lamun, woe that my people would know, Bima Ghafarali Rabbi, Wajalani Minal Mukramin. Look how my Lord has forgiven me and look how much my Lord has honored me. So that person in that moment when his grave expands and it fills with light and the bliss and the ni'mah, the blessings of Allah Ta'ala come down on, on him for having answered this question correctly. Uh, in that moment, he'll ecstatically utter, shall I not go back to my people? Shall I not go back to my family and inform them? Uh, and they will say, no, rather sleep uh, like a bride sleeps. Uh, sleep uh, like a bride sleeps, uh, sleep like the one who sleeps, such that nobody is allowed to wake them up except for the one that they love the most. And this is an expression of izzah, honor. If you're a lowly person, everybody will walk by and kick you. If you're the slave, everybody, servant in the house, everybody will walk by and kick you when they want to wake you up. If you're the master, nobody will disturb you except for the one who's most beloved to you. And hadith is very beautiful, and it mentions this explicitly. Sleep like a bride sleeps. Sleep like the one who is not to be woken by, except for by anyone, except for uh, uh, the one that uh, the one that loves them the most. And what is the uh, uh, what is the next uh, words of this hadith? It's very beautiful. It says, Who's the only one who wakes that person up? The most, the one who loves them the most. So they say, sleep like the one who nobody's allowed to wake them up, except for the one who loves them the most. And they will sleep such until who wakes them? Allah Ta'ala wakes them from their place of sleep. Allah Ta'ala uh, make all of us from amongst them. Allah Ta'ala give all of us the happiness of being the misdaq of this hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions, but if that person is a hypocrite, if that person is one who openly professes Iman, and inside their heart is kufr, is disbelief, is doubt, that they claim that they have no doubt, but inside their heart is doubt. Maybe somebody in this room right now is like that. We always have some uh, friends uh, from the uh, different agencies who drop in 
and uh, lend an ear to the masajid in order to make sure that nothing crazy is happening. Maybe it's you. Keep doing your job, it's a good job. But also, you should believe in Allah Ta'ala because you'll die one day as well. And your agency is not going to help you on that day. The only thing that's going to help you on that day is if you took a, a, a covenant with the Lord. Maybe there's somebody in this room who is right now here because it's what they've always done. But the yaqeen hasn't entered their heart. My brother, nobody's going to kick you out. Nobody's going to make you raise your hand and stand up and admit it in front of other people. But my advice to you, if this is something that resonates with you, is that more important than salat, more important than fasting in the month of Ramadan and giving zakat and going on hajj until everybody calls you hajji, is what? The first thing which is mandatory, the first obligation and commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on every person of moral responsibility, every sane, free male adult, female adult, free or slave, every sane adult is what? That they should correct their iman. This is worth your time to investigate this thing if it's real or not. Because if it's real, you should purge your uh, heart of doubts because this day, like the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is about to inform us, the person who goes to the grave and they don't have yaqeen, they don't have certainty in this matter, it's going to end poorly. And on the flip side, if this is not something that is true, it's not something that's correct, go enjoy the rest of your Friday afternoon instead of listening to me listening to a, a, you know, someone preach uh, at you. Uh, you can go have lunch, you can do something so much better with your time. And so uh, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he uh, informs us that if that person is a munafiq, if that person is a hypocrite, when he's asked this question, he'll say, I heard the people say such and such, so I said exactly what they used to say. Meaning, not that I bear witness that, he, that there's no God except for Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger. Rather, I heard people saying, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. So I used to say the same thing as well. And the angels will similarly reply to him. That uh, uh, when he says that I, that I heard the people say uh, uh, something like this, but I don't myself, I don't know. They'll reply to him that we knew that you were going to say this. Uh, and then the earth is commanded. Il Alayhi, that uh, collapse, the earth of the grave is told to collapse on him. Again, this collapsing is not something we'll see in this world. It's something that's experienced in the barzakh by the mayyit. It's something that's experienced in the, in the, in the, the world of uh, uh, experience of the person who passes away. In this world, we won't see it happen either way. You're not going to put a webcam in someone's grave and see it expand or collapse. But that person in the grave will experience it expand or collapse. Allah Ta'ala will command the earth to cave in on that person. That person will feel the sensation of the grave collapsing uh, in on him to the point where his rib cage will, will, will break. Uh, he'll feel his rib cage breaking and that person will be uh, uh, then under the uh, torment uh, of this condition until Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will raise him. Uh, from the dead until that person will uh, come to the day of resurrection and what's in front of him is going to be worse than what he's experiencing at that time. And all of this is summarized. All of this is summarized uh, by the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, narrated by Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri who said that uh, when the uh, janazah is prepared and uh, the men carry it uh, on their necks and uh, uh, if that janazah is a righteous one, meaning for a righteous person, that person will say quickly, hurry, push me forward. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that it's a sunnah in 
the deen of Islam, that the person when they die, they should be buried quickly. The person will say, hurry, rush me, rush me to what's prepared uh, for me. Why? Because it's good, there's khair in it, there's good in it for that person. And if it is uh, uh, not righteous, if it is uh, uh, the, the janazah of a person who is not a, uh, a righteous person, if it's the janazah of a person who's spiritually broken, uh, that person will say, uh, uh, curse, be upon, curse be upon, where are you taking me? And they will scream. Uh, and the voice of that scream will be uh, heard by uh, everyone of God's creation except for human beings. If the humans were to hear that scream, uh, it would be so frightening that it would cause them to pass out. So brothers and sisters, this is a very uh, uh, brief and simple reminder. To make a long story short, to summarize, everyone is going to die one day. It's an eventuality. It doesn't matter how, how young you are, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what race you are, it doesn't matter if Obamacare is there or not, it doesn't matter if you have health insurance, no health insurance, or how much your copay is, none of these things matter. You could eat right, you could exercise, diet, you could, uh, you know, everything's organic, all of these things, still you're going to die. Still one day you're going to die. It is an eventuality, it is a certainty, it is something even those who deny the most uh, undeniable of facts, which is the existence of Allah Ta'ala, even they don't, have the, uh, uh, they don't have the gumption to deny it. It's going to happen. And it is a long journey. And just like people have 401ks and they have retirement accounts for their pensions, if you don't contribute anything into it, you're not going to get anything out of it on the other side. Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, He says, Take provision for your journey. And know that the greatest provision is the fear of Allah Ta'ala. The sabab nuzul of this ayah is with regards to Hajj. That there were a group of people who showed up in Medina to join the prophetic caravan of Hajj. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked them, What have you prepared for this journey? And they say, We prepared nothing. We came trusting in Allah Ta'ala. We came trusting in Allah Ta'ala. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam chastised them. He was not pleased with this answer. He said, What? You say you're going to trust in Allah Ta'ala? You came with nothing and now you're going to go on, the, uh, on, on Hajj with the caravan. And when you become hungry, you're going to show your face in front of people that, that look how miskeen I am, look how impoverished I am. And you're going to put your hands, spread your hands in front of people and beg. This ayah, even if it was revealed for hajj, this is from the usul al-tafsir, that an ayah that has a particular meaning in a particular context, the general meaning of the ayah is also correct. Imagine how much worse it is if a person doesn't, if it's bad that a person doesn't prepare for their hajj, how much worse it is for a journey that's much longer than hajj is. And the implications are much more dire. The consequences of failure are much more dire than the consequence of not preparing properly for hajj. Brothers and sisters, Yom Al-Qiyamah is a day that's described as people roving like stark madmen. And they're not asking for money and they're not asking for food. They're asking for one subhanallah. They're asking for one Allahu Akbar. They're asking for one la ilaha illallah. They're asking for even one of the good deeds that we take as the smallest of deeds and as the most insignificant of deeds in order to save themselves from the hellfire. Brothers and sisters, don't ignore this thing and say, I have practical, I have practical uh, needs to take care of today. This is impractical for me to worry about today. That day will come. All of you know and I know that that day will come. If you don't prepare anything for it today, then you're going to be empty. Your hands will be empty. And the one whose hands are empty the day they enter the grave, that person, they, 
that will be their permanent condition forever. That person, their hands will be empty. The person who's poor in this life, but they bring good deeds with them, they'll be rich forever. The person who's rich in this life, they bring no good deeds with them, that person will be poor forever. The fuqaha mentioned that it is haram to build on a grave, to build a building, or to uh, whiten or brighten a grave. And one of, the, one of the reasons people think this is, is what? Is because people will take the grave as a place of worship. To be very honest with you, I haven't read this in uh, the books of fiqh. Nor do I think it's true. People who say, La ilaha illallah will rarely be able to muster enough veneration to worship anything except for Allah Ta'ala, even if they are impious, even if they're profligate. The reason the fuqaha mentioned that it's haram is what? Is because it's a facade, it's a farce. If you make the grave nice, you build it marble and gold and design it really nice and people see it and it's like beautiful. Someone showed me the picture just this week that there was a, a man who owned strip clubs and bars. He claimed he was a Muslim and Allah knows best, you know, whatever his state was, it's between him and his Lord. And his funeral had so many flowers, so many flowers, it looks like it must have had over a thousand flowers in it. It was so beautiful. Brothers and sisters, the beautiful uh, uh, grave is not the one who has flowers and not the one who has building on it. This is the reason the fuqaha mentioned that it's haram to build on top of a grave because you're fooling yourself and you're fooling other people. The beautiful grave is not the one that has flowers on it, not the one that has, uh, uh, is brightened and enlightened and whitened and built on and has marble and gold. The beautiful grave is the one filled with good deeds. And if you make the grave look beautiful, you're fooling yourself and you're fooling other people. The visiting of the grave is a reminder that the only thing you'll take with you is what? Not your degrees, not your money, not your car, not your house, not your family members, not your even most beloved people. The only thing you take into your grave is your deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill our graves with goodness, with good deeds, with iman, with the qawl of la ilaha illallah, with prayers and fasting and with charity, with the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the service of the ummah Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sallallahu wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'i.